Yesterday's price is not today's price. Why? Why? Off time, baby. Yesterday's price is not today's price. Welcome in to the Dynasty Market Watch. I'm Todd Howard, Brian O'Leary, and Matt Davis. Some of y'all just had your trade deadlines pass. So if you're wondering what the hell are these guys going to talk about, well, let me tell you market <laughs> values are still changing. We're also going to hit on some concepts today. I might sing for you again. Who knows? Let's have some fun. Do me a favor, really quick go to Spotify or Apple and give us a rating. I'm not going to ask for a five-star because maybe you don't think we deserve that, but um, we've got like six on Apple right now. And I think my wife and my brothers make up maybe 50% of that. So <laughs> hit us with the rating on there, but let's get going today. We've got Boar Bear here in a minute. Me and Brian are both doing some kind of some concepts type of things. Um, we're going to be talking about rookies. We'll get into our vets. Um, we've got a, a few trades to talk about that we made leading up to week 14. And then we will hit our buys or sells of the week. But Brian, lead us off, bull or bear. What's the concept you're talking about this week? Yeah. So Todd, Todd hit it on the head there. I'm I'm talking concept again. Shocking, I know. Um, so my bowl of the week is given this time of year, a couple different things that I think leagues should enact in all all leagues. Uh, right. So the first one I think that all leagues should operate under in dynasty is not having a trade deadline. Um, this is something that you're already protecting against collusion. That's the only real argument. And if someone wants to do an arms race in week 10 or week 14, I don't really see a big difference. Um, so that's one thing. Um, and another is median scoring. Eliminate that puck luck to a certain degree. We all know injuries and crazy weeks, good and bad, happen. But that median really helps to um, get you back into like a, if if I if I get if I'm the second highest scoring team in the week, but I lose to the first highest scoring, I at least get a win. So it's one and one versus zero and one. Um, my third third of four things is um, as your final playoff team having a wild card. So that's in terms of highest scoring team. So top five seeds record wise. And then that sixth, sixth team have them be whoever the sixth, you know, highest scorer of the non top five seeds are. So that is another way to kind of eliminate some puck luck in my opinion. And the last thing that I, I want to talk about is again, cause we're talking about puck luck and crazy things that can happen. Um, enacting some type of payout for either regular season and or regular season high scorer for the season. So get some type of payout for if I go undefeated 14 and 0 or you know Matt is the highest scoring team by 200 points and then he gets bumped because of an injury or a, a crazy thing that happens in the playoffs and he gets nothing out of it to me like they should we should be re-rewarding and legitimize, legitimizing the regular season as well. So I want to I want to quickly talk trade deadline and I don't want to debate like whether there should be trade deadlines or not. I feel like that's like debating politics, essentially. Like everyone's got their yeah. side. They stand with them. You're not changing anybody's mind at the dinner table. So just like you've made your own decision based on your own experiences. So like whatever your trade deadline take is cool. Roll with that. But I just want to talk about having when you do have a trade deadline, when you get past that trade deadline, it is like a just the relief of like, Ooh, like I've been working so hard on these working the phones. Also, you don't have the concern of like, all right, do I need to keep making my team better? Like you've got your team, you're rolling in the playoffs, you're ready to rock. So like when I think about the trade deadline, getting past it, 
I think about the meme of like the Popeyes lady outside, like I guess in the back and she's like hunched over. That's what I feel like the moment that I get past the trade deadline and I'm not like out shopping Kate Otten and Rashid Shahid, like trying to shed their points nonstop. So my contender teams, I need to know these are the boys I'm rocking with. No more jockeying. We're like, we're ready to rock. And I, I'm, I'm the, I'm the Popeyes lady out back. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't really have much. It's funny uh, what you said about uh, that I agree with. It is a very polarizing topic on whether you should have trade deadlines. And like, I just simply have no opinion. Uh, I don't really care if there's a trade deadline. Cool. If there's not, there's not. The one thing that bothers me, especially now that I'm in like 20 leagues, is I really wish there was a lot more uniformity. Like I, I know a lot of people like to create new leagues with different kind of quirks and all that for like uh get something new in there this time of year it really does make it kind of a little stressful because it's like man if you're in a bunch of leagues you probably have those couple leagues where someone either didn't get a draft pick they thought they did or to brian's point about the wild card they thought they were the sixth seed but they're not or vice versa and then they're raising a big stink in the chat and it's like man i'm just it's tuesday morning i'm trying to work and yeah <laughs> I, I just wish there was a lot more uniformity and whatever the rules are, the rules are, we all follow them. We, we as a community love putting a little extra onus and stress on the, on each league's commissioners. Right. So like, that's kind Definitely. of like, you know, you know, you, you deal with it kind of thing. Like I'm just having a good time. You deal with the 45 different moving parts. Right. So that's kind of yeah. where we're at. Yeah. I love the thing that you said about like the most points pay out. I think that's a big one to me. Um, one thing, having that sixth final spot saved for the guy that gets screwed, that's another big one. Um, I used to, the leagues that I commissioned, I used to have it as the sixth um, is saved for that. Now I have it to only qualify is to be a top four scoring team. So it's like truly someone that got screwed. I think we got no position in some leagues where there was less competition at the end of the season because it was all about just like most points and it kind of came a little bit less about head to head. So like truly that last one is saved for somebody that got screwed. That was a top four scoring team. But yeah, I mean, I, th I think those are some good ideas that you had as just like basics to dynasty and, and being in a league and then max max points for, I wouldn't even join a league if draft order yeah. wasn't with max points for like, I'm not, I'm not joining these leagues where it's, you can just bench guys to, to decide the draft order. No way. Yeah, totally agree there. Matt, All right, Matt. you uh, shift us to an actual player versus a concept here. Keep it a little more literal. Yeah, Todd, I, you're going to have a concept too. Uh, Brian had a nice concept. I'm I'm just a simple guy. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to pick a player that I thought has been awesome all year, Debo Samuel. Uh, he's a guy that I've been high on for the last couple of years. I just really think he's awesome in real life. And I I haven't seen a lot of trades involving him. I haven't seen a lot of talk involving him all year. And I feel like people kind of thought, think 2021 is this outlier year for him due to rushing. And that ever before and after that 2021 season, he's just a pretty good wide receiver too. That's what, how people think of him. And this year he had two games where he combined for one target. He was hurt in uh, both games. Um, and then and both games he had 0.6 points, 1.1 points. It, uh, if you remove those two games where he scored less than a point, he's averaging 20.7 points per game this year in his nine healthy games. Uh, and so I, I think that's just who he is right now. I think that uh, I think you can depend on him for about 18 to 20 points per game 
production. And I don't think he's viewed that way. I think he's viewed as a wide receiver, like, like I said, a wide receiver too with some volatility. And I think he's been a lot more consistent than people think. I think going forward the next couple of years, you can expect this type of production when he's healthy. And you just kind of got to ride out because he's probably going to miss a few games every year because of his play style and all that. But and I think he's going to be pretty uh, available at a reasonable cost this offseason. And it's someone so, I look for by. So quick and obvious question that I think probably a lot of people are thinking. Uh, Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel? I mean, I would take Brandon Ayuk uh, because of not only the current value, market value, but I think the market value is tied to his age. But you give me like Debo in like an early to mid second, uh, and I'll trade you Ayuk. And I think that's a deal that you can probably do. Um, so I think there's a lot of uh, wide receivers that are valued higher than him on keep trade cut like DK Metcalf is uh, valued like five or six spots higher than him. I would rather have Debo straight up than him. Devontae Smith is valued quite a bit higher than him. Uh, I don't really view them that differently. I would expect Debo to continue outscoring Devontae Smith for the next year or two. So I just think uh, there's some other wide receivers that are priced inefficiently that you can pivot to Debo pretty, pretty easily. Um, so that, that's my only case. Del. I think he's more of an elite guy than people give him credit for. Some of the injured guys, let's say that you've got um, Tank Dell, Nico, you're in the playoffs. What about them versus Debo? Um, I haven't heard how long Nico is out, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine trading Nico Collins for Debo Samuel. I, again, the next couple of years, I would expect them to produce similarly. Um, so De- Debo on fantasy counts up to wide receiver 16, which is was a little bit surprising. Um, for me, but he's, oh, he's yeah, killing, see that? he said he's going like 20 points per game. So, I mean, it, it, if you're in the playoffs he's, right now, it makes sense. He's been a monster the last couple of weeks. I think that's a huge factor in like the, the fantasy calc for sure. And, and like Matt said, he had a couple games where his points per game, maybe like midway through the season looked a little funky because um, left early, got hurt, um, had like scored like one point. And so it does come across as a little funky, but now that he keeps posting these 30 point games, it's flattening out to where it should be at that, in that 20 range. It's, like I said, I, it's kind of funny. I think he's viewed as like a boring dynasty asset and he's simply one of the five or six most exciting players in the NFL offensively, at least. Um, I think it's so, because it feels, it, it, so he might be a guy I like to look to buy in the off season that he, his value dips back down around rookie time and people you know they're, they're willing to to shed him to try to you know get get those young guys so i'm gonna go ahead and hop into my boar bear yeah. one thing i like about the boar bear is that it's my chance for one time a week to stick a mic in my face and just talk about whatever i want to talk about and today i want to manifest something i want us to manifest together so take it take a deep breath with me we're going to talk about travis kelsey austin eckler derrick henry and the core four receivers cup adams Tyreek and Diggs. This ode is to those guys. So these boys have been in the trenches with us for years. People talk about a three-year window. These guys have given us every bit of that and then some. They've been dragging our dynasty teams in bye weeks and dynasty championships. We owe a lot of success to them. But we've got some battle wounds. We've been through some heart. But even stacked years of dominance, like in the back of our mind, we've really known that the clock has been ticking and we're getting closer to the end. So there's been a lot of rumblings, complaints about people like complaining about some of these guys 
and it's time to manifest those for these final three weeks. So it's time to have some trust in these guys for one final ride. So like my guy Wiz Khalifa said, damn, who knew? All the planes we flew, good things we've been through, that I'd be standing right here talking to you about another path. You know what? I know he loved to let you road and laugh. But something told me that it wouldn't last. Had to switch it up, look at things different, see the bigger picture. Those are the days hard work forever pays. So to our old boys, we salute you. It's time for one final ride. One last dance. Take us to the promised land. So, so, so this guy is giving us country music, and now he's reciting rap lyrics. Yeah, it's all, for old, all for the old. All for the old. Had to recite it from Wiz Khalifa. Okay, perfect. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 hard not to give anything other than like a slow clap for those guys because it's like we've all probably won money and leagues because of them. So it's shout out to them. I appreciate. I appreciate them. They deserve they deserve our respect. They they've been getting some heat on Twitter. Probably some ill will towards them when you have them on your team this year besides Tyreek, but they deserve our respect. No doubt. Derrick Henry especially, man. That guy not only has he been disrespectful. It's for his years, time but... of year. So his time of year, yeah. December, that's when he rolls. So be be ready. Don't don't have him sitting on your bench for Jerome Ford is all I'm saying. <laughs> That's fair. It, so you're, you're mentioning old guys. I, I think they deserve our respect, but they don't deserve a lot of our time at the moment. So why don't we give them a high five, you know, slow <laughs> clap, ride off into the sunset, my boys, and transition to some more fun young guys like we like to we like talking about here. And I don't I don't think there's a bigger rookie headline this past week than CJ Stroud uh, with that injury. Um, he's obviously been, you know, a borderline probably MVP candidate to this point. So I'm sort of thinking for CJ Stroud, I think his weapons and himself might be slightly more obtainable than they were a week ago. Uh, Matt, what are you thinking here? I I never have that good of a gauge on it, um, but maybe uh, like I'll, I'll say in my experience personally, I have not had a lot of success buying injured players at a discount frequently. Um, but the, the one take I have on this is I do think it, we've talked about how bad the QB injuries have been this year. And especially with the elite quarterbacks, it, we've seen, we all know people in leagues that have had this happen where they lose Anthony Richardson or they lose Joe Burrow, et cetera. And then they're like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to trade this guy for Justin Herbert straight up. Or like, I'll pay a two on top and get Justin Herbert. And then like the next week, Justin Herbert gets hurt. Like, I feel like that has happened so many times this year that I, I, yeah, theoretically all of these injured QBs should be a little bit more available than if they were healthy, but like, there's so many of the hurt ones. <laughs> I don't know. I just haven't had a good gauge on it. What do you think? Todd? <laughs> I think the off season Stroud's value is going to like kind of like go through the roof and we're going to hear the rumblings of like, is he in that top tier with like, what, what's the difference between him and Mahomes is what you're going to hear on Twitter. Allen is like scoring at such a different level hurts really too. But I think we're going to start hearing like the, what's truly the difference between Mahomes and, and Stroud. So like, if I have a, like I talked about last week, Lamar, if I have 
like one of those guys right now and somebody's like i need points today and i can tr- and you know trade deadlines are open then yeah i mean i'm trying to trade like lamar for stroud that that sounds that sounds really nice I, like matt said though I, I don't think people really want to do that like in your you know so two percent i have leagues, maybe I have a tangible example. It might be a total, like you're saying, 2%, but I saw not me, uh, but one of the leagues I'm in, someone traded Lamar for Stroud plus a 25-2. I'm making that deal all day, every day. Let's talk about something that's more of like a strategy concept of you're in the playoffs. Let's say you have um, on your bench, let's say you've got like um, Jake Browning. Like, Let's go like real, real dirty here. (laughs) <laughs> you've got Jake Browning. You are in the bye week. So you're, you're not playing this week. Are you willing to make that move to just like help somebody out? Like you could potentially helping him out. He gets Lamar, but you're getting Stroud and the two. That's like a, that that's like an, a backwards thinking type of move that you're gaining some value. You're getting significant value. Really? There's, there's zero context that I wouldn't make that move. I could be a rebuild. I could be a. I could be a number one contender. It doesn't matter. I'm. I'm making that move. Yeah. Okay. Like you're saying, if if I have anyone that I can, if for some reason Stroud's injury lasts more than a week, then yeah, for sure. Flacco, Jake even Browning. Jake Browning, Flacco, whoever. Yeah, I'm surprised that somebody was willing to do that, but. Yeah, that, and again, that that might be an outlier, but that is a thing that like maybe it's worth investigating in your league. That's I, I guess that's I guess that's my point. Bringing it up, um, I mean, I mean, the, the the perfect guy to take advantage of uh, this injury uh, QB apocalypse is Dak Prescott, and I have not been able to do it. Like, I actually have a lot of Dak shares, and I haven't been able to trade them for any injured Burrow or Herbert or anything like that. And I've been trying uh, the last couple of weeks, and it does seem like kind of a win-win in terms of like, all right, Dex giving you a top three season. You're talking one-to-one? Yeah, or, you know, I would have thrown in like a little small piece on top of deck if needed. Uh, but like I couldn't even get people to entertain the conversation. So maybe it's just my specific league that I had my three deck shares. The guys were good or not content, et cetera. But, very, uh, br- very brief deck tangent, I think. Just the fact that that was maybe even something you considered offering, who I know is a very um, chari- not not charitable, but um, understanding and like thoughtful trade partner, like you are, Matt. Um, just the fact that Dak is even in that conversation speaks to, I think, his value growth this year and how he's played. So, just you know, my two cents on that front, if that makes sense. No, I agree with you. Um, it was a topic in our group chat before this season. Uh, I personally used to make fun of people that took him like in the at the one-two turn and stuff, like or in the early second. I'm like, what the hell are you guys doing drafting Idiot. Dak Prescott there? And like this year, he's absolutely worth that value, and he's 30 years old. And he was like, where do we think Dak will go? Yeah. Where do we think Dak will go in like 2024 startups? One-two like, turn. The one two turn uh, early to mid second, um, I think. Uh, yeah, one one two because turn. he is he, he, I mean, he is a little bit on the older side, so that'll like hold hold back his value. But really, I mean, what are we talking about here? Like, he can he can he's going to be around for at least like five more years at minimum. So attached to I mean, City Lamb, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you're playing on turf, like it's going to continue to be a fast paced offense so like 
I mean, Dak's probably one in the off season where they're not getting those fantasy points anymore. If you've got a Stroud, Matt, are you willing to maybe see if you can get Dak in a first? Like that actually could be possible in the off season, not right now. Like we're talking about like July or August. I think you can probably get more than Dak in a first for CJ Stroud in the off season. Uh, yeah, you might be. Yeah, you might be able to. But but yeah, uh, that that's a trade that I like to do, and I kind of sometimes it backfires on me, and it's definitely risky to trade away these elite quarterbacks. But that is the type of move that theoretically could make a lot of sense if you can get Dak a first and like let's say Rasheed Rice or like another young wide receiver for like one of the like for CJ Stroud. They're probably going to score similar points in the next few years. So like you probably can make up that value. Let me tell you about somebody lineup, who's so. not going to be scoring many points, at least this year and probably not next year either. And that's <laughs> Bryce Young. Yeah. <laughs> and that guy is in trouble. My my notes are, what the fuck is he? That's that's my the extent of my notes. I don't know. Just for a while, good, I was yeah. pretty convinced that it was just his surrounding cast. Like, it was just like, all right, he's got a shitty O-line. His receivers, I mean, arguably the worst in the NFL. I mean, I Maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but Mingo They're DJ Chark. I mean, he has Thielen, who is at least something, but he's, I mean, he was it's falling he's off a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, I mean, that is brutal to be working with, but just watching him, and I'm not going to pretend to be some like film scout, but just watching him, he doesn't look like good quarterbacks. Like, he just looks like what this, I expect these backup quarterbacks to come in looking like. This is this is a low hanging fruit like swap these two players, but like if you switch him and Brock Purdy, is he putting up similar ish Brock Purdy stats if they if he's on San Francisco? Not a fucking chance, in my opinion. <laughs> we know how you feel, Matt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Matt, Matt was earlier to the party, but Purdy probably is he is worth two first now. Purdy is worth two first. I, I will stay oh, on that train off. until that becomes consensus view. Uh, Brian will be the last person on earth we convert, but we'll convert him. Um, but he's got to throw past ten yards. No, I mean, I feel like every week, uh, we you know, every week we do some show prep, we talk, uh, outline certain topics, and we have our rookie report section and like every week or every other week, it's like, all right, we got to talk about Bryce Young. It's like, does he suck? It's like, yes, he fucking sucks, man. Like, I don't, and all the film people, like you said, Todd, you're not a film guy. I'm not really a film guy. All the film people come to the same conclusion. Uh, Bryce has maybe the worst receivers in the NFL. Like you said, he has a bottom five offensive line. The coaching and the scheme is horrendous. And Bryce himself is playing like a bottom five quarterback. It's all a disaster. Like there's like everybody that's tried to give Bryce the benefit of the doubt and isolate his play from his surrounding factors have all come to the same conclusion that he's been fucking terrible. So it's it's, it's getting pretty dangerously close to like not being able to play the chicken or the egg game, right? Like the, I, th I think that's where we're we're pretty close to, if not already there for you. It sounds like Matt, anyways. Well, so the only thing that I'm interested in pointing out about Bryce Young going forward is that he's been so historically bad that he actually did what everybody assumed was impossible. And he sort of ruined his ins value insulation with how bad his rookie year is. When you start talking about Josh Rosen, that's literally one of the only guys you can't get mentioned in with a rookie year historical comp. And he got mentioned with him. So now he could be Josh Rosen. Like, so, so Todd Titans fan, um, Levis or Young? 
I mean, I, I would take Levis just because he at least looks the part at times. Like he has a strong arm. He makes some wow plays every now and then. But like from a fantasy perspective, he's not doing anything. I just don't think Bryce Young is going to be doing enough. Like he, he's going to need like a Brock Purdy situation to make him relevant. Will Levis is probably going to be no more relevant in like 18 months, but he's got some wow ability yeah. that like there's stuff there. You can see there's some stuff. He's he's like, there. like ahead, just Bryce. to use like a basketball example, like Bryce Young is like a guy that's just like maybe textbook, but not good at the textbook stuff. And like Will Levis has like some Vince Carter in him where it's just like, holy shit, what the hell just happened there kind of thing where it's like it. I'm not sure if it makes him better or worse, but it's like some wow factor for sure. Yeah, like we've seen tons of Vince Carters that are that crazy athlete, like one of like top tier yeah. type of athletes that just bust out. Like they're not, they don't turn into anything. Maybe not quite to the Vince Carter level of athleticism, but like G- Gerald Green. How about Gerald? Yeah, Green like guys, guys the, like that, like yeah. bl- blowing candles out off the rim that <laughs> end up busting. I, and that's that. The, Gerald, Will Levis is probably Gerald Green. Like, yeah, it's not. Vince Carter is the Josh Allen of like that one percenter yeah. that comes that comes through, and most of them become Gerald Green. Right. All right. So I've I've forced us into a basketball conversation that I will t- quickly transition from here. So one thing while doing some research on these the rookie wide receivers that we're going to hit on here, I was shocked to see that Jordan Addison is the, the wide receiver two rookie um, in fa- on fantasy calc. Um, I'm taking at least. Puka, Dell, Flowers, JSN above him. Easily. So that's like, at, at best, he's wide receiver five to me. I was surprised. And that, to me, says sell Jordan Addison where you can if he's being viewed as wide receiver two. I think. I mean, I think he's totally misvalued. I mean, he doesn't really, he does nothing for me. Like, his analytics aren't very good. I don't think film people think he's very good. Like, I don't, I don't really know who, like on fantasy, he's wide receiver 17. I don't know who these people are that are into him. I don't, I don't talk to anybody that's into him. So like maybe the people that have him were just in on him and they're just kind of like unwilling to move. And if they do move, they're just moving at like awesome prices. Like, I guess good for them. But like Brandon, Ayuk, T Higgins, Nico Collins, Tank Dell are all behind him. Makes zero sense to me. Like, if you just want to have a rookie wide receiver on your team, you're just like, I have to have a rookie wide receiver. Like, you're you think that only 22 year olds are, are worth anything? Then trade him for Rasheed Rice and try to get something on top. Like, Jordan Addison to me is just a very low ceiling. Um, I just don't I just don't see the the pop there that you can get from like the Puka. Like Tank Dell is pop, ultimately maybe a similar type of player, but like Tank Dell has Stroud and Stroud is basically like a top 3 quarterback for, for a receiver. I mean, here in a couple of years we could argue he's number 1 because I think we've talked about it, but like Mahomes dishes it around a little bit more. So like Tank Dell could be in like the best possible situation you could be in. Yeah. Right. The only, I mean, the only thing you said that I kind of disagree with, and it's just uh, like, I would phrase it differently is I, I do see some pops from Addison. I do understand kind of the appeal of him, but like, he's priced like to your point, he's priced, like he's already really good. And I don't know that he's any good. Uh, he, his floor is pretty low. Like, like I think his ceiling is kind of decent, but 
I've been kind of frustrated uh, because like we all three of us have agreed that Addison has been a sell for a month now. Um, my only share is in that three peat league that we're both in and you two are the only guys I haven't offered him to uh, just because we <laughs> all agree on him. So I, I, he's been someone I've been trying to sell and I guess I'm just kind of stuck holding him and it's like, you know, every market is its own micro market and I just can't find a way to sell them. So I'm stuck holding so, him. I agree. So major right now at that price transitioning, we're talking lock steps or lock takes, right? So like Matt, tell me Puka is your wide receiver one here at this point, please. I, I, closer? I, I think tank Dell is, um, mm. but like they're, I mean, like I said, I, I think I said last week, I have them essentially the same, and I think uh, Puko is going to be easier to trade for. Uh, now that might be flip-flopped, right? Uh, so now yeah. Tank's probably easier to trade for. I still I still have them worth about the same. I think those two are a clear tier above every other rookie in this class uh, right now. So that, last that's year, how, or Last week I talked about like the wide receivers, like 9 to 15. And that kind of being a, a tier for me, guys like Devontae Smith and Waddle are in that tier, Puka, Tank Dell, Nico Collins in that tier. And they're still in that tier together. I would prop like I still think that there's some value to here at the end of the season that you have to take into consideration. So like I would probably just like tank take Puka because of that. But as we fast forward a month from now, Puka versus Tank Dell, Puka kind of has a better view from an analytic lens tank has that insane situation and it's not like tank Dell's analytics are bad. Like his are very good as well. So I'd probably take, take tank Dell over Puka. But like, like I said, same tier, if somebody was willing to give me a little something on top for one of the other, sure. And just to clarify on that point, I'm already kind of with a lot of the deadline leagues that have deadlines having them passed. Personally, I'm already kind of in uh, like off-season value mode. So like anyone I'm saying I would take this guy over that guy, I'm not factoring in if they're injured. I, I don't care really unless they literally just got hurt and it was an Achilles or ACL. Like If, it, I think if that's he's, he's going to be fine in May, I do not care about the injury right now. I think that's an important yeah. distinction to make for sure, Matt, that like when you're talking in this, in this case, Tank Dell isn't injured because he's healthy and the next time you're going to use them or care about them. Right. So like, I, I think it's, it's important to at least state that, Hey, it's not so much like I'm trading for tank Dell on my best contender teams necessarily because he's not going to provide that, in, that, that input or influx of points. Right. So to me, yeah, like, like I, to, to the tank and Puka thing, like I, I would prefer tank Dell. I, he's my wide receiver one. I would trade Tank Dell for Puka one for one on a contender where I had no other choice or, you know, that was my only option, basically. So I, I don't think they're that far apart. I understand uh, knocking guys or devaluing guys because they're injured and they're, they can't be used in the most important part of the season, which is the next few weeks. Outside so, of that is kind of how I'm viewing all these players right now. So it, it took us a while to get there, but you were giving me the answer that I wanted, that Puka is above Tank when you factor in tank injured you you just stated that you're not usually factoring that in because of the deadline and next season that's i guess that's my point so like if if you are factoring that in puka over tank that's what you said basically i thought yes and 
Yes and no. Uh, so I'm gonna keep words in your mouth here, Matt. So so basically, I would still have Tank Dell higher. I'm fine making that swap though. Like they they're they're very close to me. So yeah, if you want to say I uh, Puka higher. And that next group, I don't think there's any more clarity with uh, Downs, Rice, Addison, Flowers, and JSN is in that group to me. Like I know you guys think I'm kind of disrespectful I, to JSN. Let but, me let me, let me hit one wide receiver flyer that I think we've talked about in the beginning of the season or earlier in the season, I should say. Um, I think Michael Wilson is going to be a great buy in the off season, and here's why: Hollywood is a free agent. Maybe he resigns. Maybe he doesn't. But also that Marvin Harrison Jr. buzz is going to be around, and that's going to plummet and tank Michael Wilson's value, in my opinion. And, you know, we talked for a while. That he was going for like a two for a while. Like, I think he's three, four range uh, rookie picks in the offseason. People aren't going to care about him, especially if they're like, hey, Marvin Harrison's coming in and just alphaing the shit out of him. I think he's a great, like, really cheap guy that you can maybe gain value on pretty instantaneously i i had the same reaction todd did like man michael wilson sucks <laughs> like yeah, he's just not, yeah what are you guy. paying for though like, what are you paying what are you paying for right no i, mean, I, if, I agree i agree yeah if i can get him for like a like a like a, a third. Like third like i th- I feel like a lot of times it's gonna be late drafts, not even early early yeah like third. i feel like a lot of times in rookie drafts those early thirds have some trade value and I just don't think I'm going to have, like, I don't ever see a point where I'm like, yes, I can use Michael Wilson in my lineup probably ever. And so basically what I'm hoping to do is tr- get him and he and becomes worth a second and then I can trade him. I don't think I'd want to take the risk. And I would just, I, he's not the type of guy that I would want on my team. I'd rather I, have less, less wide receivers I just think, overall. I think he's going to be artificially devalued. I guess that's my that's my point here is don't pay a second for him in the offseason. But yeah, like to Todd's point, like three or four, um, like that's something that I think absolutely can give you a return on your investment. So that's that's just kind of sure. and, and, and a, a little bit more of a buzz name is Josh Downs. I think he's gonna be a buy in the offseason as well. Pittman getting a lot more buzz and notoriety lately. I think he's going to be a nice buy to potentially get um, on your roster before next year. Really quick, Michael Wilson. So yeah, if like you can trade a third for him, I, I would do that because like I said, a mid to late third, because like those thirds are so, like, they don't even a lot of times amount to Michael Wilson. And at least Michael Wilson is closer to potentially getting some burn. He got a little bit this year, but like potentially getting some burn. Josh Downs. I'm, he he's starting to feel like Jahan Dotson 2.0 to me. Like he's got the the film bros are liking him. He had some nice analytics early on. I don't know. I'm a little bit I'm a little bit sketched out by him. I just I just don't think that that like I said last week. I just don't think that that high end range outcome that I thought was there early on is really there. So he's another one where you're like kind of buying him. You need you need to buy him so that he's going to points for you. He's not really a value play to me. Fair enough. All right, so I, we, I we, we've touched on... I, I don't agree with that on Downs. I, I definitely think he still uh, has major upside. Um, I, pre- and, I appreciate and, it. And man. can be a pretty big value swing. But uh, before we swing the vet reports, you can make it quick if you want, Brian. Uh, it's kind of annoying me a little bit how many tweets I'm seeing the last day or two trying to say 
QJ redeemed himself and people that were being patient with QJ, like he showed everything. And this is why you be patient with developmental. Like, this is all stupid, right? Like, do you guys care at all about his three catch 91 yard game? I, I, th- I think, first of all, like we talked, I think Todd talked about like splits can tell you anything you want them to tell you. That's where I was seeing the tweets where it was like splits, like less. 2.5 games he has 3.7 catch like just like bullshit stuff that like cherry picking to like make you feel better about yourself whether he's good or bad we all i think i'll agree he's probably bad like very very likely but like that that split that you tweeted out and got 14 likes on isn't going to change whether quentin johnson's good or not yeah and outside outside of uh that one huge catch which wasn't particularly that impressive really he, he had two catches for like 25 yards or whatever it was i i don't know i i was just surprised at the amount of people that thought qj's trajectory changed based on this past week and i i think we're all kind of on okay board that so 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 matt somebody hates quentin johnson somebody loves jordan love here we haven't talked about packers in a while i want to hit really quickly here matt uh, 500 words or less Jordan Love or Justin Fields Jordan Love or Purdy Jordan Love Watson Jordan Love Howell Jordan Love Goff Goff you taking any of those guys above Jordan Love the only one that I would consider above him right now is Brock Purdy um, and I think Love is closing the gap but I just know Brock Purdy's good, and I, uh, there's no security at all. There's no concerns with him, all that stuff. I think he's so, the safest so, of that group. Yeah, that ahead. group that I listed, Purdy, they're all relatively close in fantasy health. Purdy is um, your highest, but who is the one that's closest to Jordan Love but behind him of that list? So Fields, Watson, Howell, Goff. Uh, Fields, I I don't believe in Howell. Goff, to me, is like a separate asset class. Like So if you're... So if you're if you're selling Jordan Love, it's Fields plus what? Um, see, I mean, I could answer this. Like the answer would probably be like a well. So for me, the answer would be like a late one, early two. Nobody's really paying that, right? So like, uh, it's kind of like a moot point. But like, I I value Love higher than the market and Fields lower than the market. So it would. Yeah. Have to be a crazy person's valuation that's making that trade with me. <laughs> it has to be another Packers fan. Yeah, right. I'm fully convinced that Fields will be somewhere next year, and I'm very convinced also that it won't be in Chicago. And I think that Fields' fantasy talent is awesome, and his point scoring is awesome, and I think that his NFL, excuse me, I think his NFL playing is just barely good enough to keep him afloat. And so I think that he's going to stick around for a good while. And so I'm pretty bullish on trying to acquire. I already, he's my second most owned quarterback, but I'm pretty bullish on trying to add some fields and kind of doing what we were talking about earlier with maybe like Stroud and trading back to that range and adding a bunch of stuff like adding first um like if you've got kyler trading back to fields um i've got several herbert like trading a herbert back to fields i think that interests me and like now that that's a risk but i think that that's something that interests me to tend to take that risk and like that's how you can kind of to me that's kind of how you can build juggernauts is taking a calculated risk and getting a bunch of stuff on top 
So we're t- we're talking elite stu- uh, elite quarterbacks or want to be elite quarterbacks. So Todd, you had a per- you you had our biggest headliner last week for sure with the Lamar sell. Um, is there anything that you want to clarify and or uh, make a little more clear after this big week? Has anything changed for you? Um, that side of th- that sort of thing. No, I mean nothing's changed as far as where I would have him. In the, my take basically to reiterate was Lamar Jackson's points per game are not lining up for me for being in that um, second tier of QB. So you've got Mahomes, Allen Hurts. That second tier was Herbert, Burrow, um, Stroud, basically. And people have been like dogging Herbert this year. He's still been um, points per game like prior to this last week he was like i think qb six ish kind of depending on your scoring five or six um burrow had a very weird year i don't even really know what to make of it um stroud obviously has been has been awesome i don't it's so like the last year year and a half lamar has not played to that level from a points per game standpoint in six point for passing touchdown leagues and so to me, I don't really change where his rank is. I think he's still like for me, like around QB seven, but he changes from a tier standpoint and he's now in like the Kyler Dak type of tier. Um, and so, no, I mean, like that game doesn't really change anything for me. Same, I, I would still have him there. Um, if I could trade a Lamar and go get Fields and a bunch of stuff, that's uh, pretty interesting to me. I do think one thing to like, um, preface with elite quarterbacks is that to me their values really build up in that like july august time frame when people are doing startups um people aren't scoring points yet and people are trading based on startup adp and when he's startup 108 you can get a lot it feels like you can get a lot more than what you can get right now um, maybe even like a month after the season's over. So if I'm trading one of these elite guys, I'd like to trade him in July, August and trade back for like a late second round type of startup value plus, um, which is just feels a lot easier to do than in season when you're trading with fantasy points yeah. per game. In Tangible. Mind. Yeah. I think we all, all three of us have talked at pretty great length off air about how startup value can win leagues people go crazy over startup values and aren't really sure how to value things where like what you're saying todd it's very easy to say lamar is averaging 23 point points per game or whatever the case is and tangibly place a value with that whereas they don't know what 108 plus 306 means or whatever you know like that's that's a huge difference well, and before we get into the trades of the week, the last thing I'll say about that, to your point about fields being a risk, and I just want to reiterate this to wrap up the discussion, a lot of that value for those elite quarterbacks is tied up in the security of knowing that the only thing that's going to go wrong is an injury. Like, uh, when these QBs fall off, like, the the, vari- the variance is baked in the value, and when these QBs fall off a cliff, Prior to injury, it looks really ugly, like Danny Dimes in that type of uh, asset class where he put up a fringe QB one season, and before he got hurt, it was an utter disaster this year. So that's the downside risk. Uh, but trading. Uh, speaking of trades, we'll go into our trade of the week. I wasn't even really going to talk about this trade of the week, but uh, 
Brian wanted to include it to, to get some things off his chest, so I'm going to get yelled at a little bit. Uh, we are going to start off our Trades of the Week segment with a very exciting trade. I traded Alexander Madison away. I'm a contender for Ezekiel Elliott, uh, one for one. And the premise there being that with Ramondre out, it's going to be super ugly, but Zeke is just going to get fed the ugliest PPR points in history and be a low-end QB1 the rest of the year because of that. But uh, floor floor is yours, Brian. Yeah. Um, so basically, my any league that I've commissioned um, in the offseason, I pushed for Zeke to be excluded from drafting. And every league I failed miserably in doing so. Everyone was like, oh, well, I got to take him in the 20th round. I was like, hey, listen, we had an agreement. You signed up for this. This is a Zeke free league. Um, and the reason I say that is Zeke is mayonnaise that's been left out a little too long. He was, so once, he was once a great condiment. Like people enjoy it on sandwiches and all that and burgers, blah, blah, blah. blah. But now he kind of makes me sick. It's been out for eight hours and I'm eating the mayonnaise that I once loved. And now it's making me vomit all over the kitchen table. So my Zeke take is let's get on the same page and just phase him out of our lives. I think he ran its course. He ran his course and enjoy him for what he was and enjoy that. We no longer have to deal with it. That cereal eating maniac. Yeah. I mean, I have no rebuttal. Uh, <laughs> so, some of those startups were funny. Uh, like I, I feel like we did kind of convince leagues at certain times to hold off on drafting Zeke, but like we could never get him to go undrafted, but like we got people to hold off on it. But I made a couple trades. We again, not to stay too much on Zeke. I made a couple trades. Um, and this is, those are, these are two leagues that do not have trade deadlines. Right. So I'm still in, in theory, tanking and feeding into a team that might be contending most likely. So two trades that I made, um, I gave Evan Ingram and I got Chase Brown in a middle to late 24 two. I think it's going to be middle. Um, and this was before Chase Brown's most recent game. So he's gotten a little more hype, but that was one trade. So again, it's Evan Ingram for Chase Brown in mid 24 two. And then my second one that I just made uh, yesterday was uh, I gave Calvin Ridley, Russ, um, Jalen Warren, and then got Nico Collins. So, again, both of these teams are tanks. And I gave, again, Ridley, Russ, Warren for Nico. Again, just kind of a, a value grab in my opinion. So I'll, I'll hit, quickly hit on both of them. So um, Ingram is what you gave up. You got Chase Brown in the second. Sure. I'm good with it. Um, one quick comment on Chase Brown. I think he's a good reminder of when you get these like whatever, like fifth round rookie running backs. They're like third string. They get buried on the depth chart. Like hold on to them and like continue to look at your waiver wires to to find types of guys like this because a lot of times they just have their ways of finding finding their way up the depth chart uh, however it happens so um yeah i mean Ch chase brown will be tougher to trade for now because people are going to be wanting like late twos almost for him but i think he's just a good reminder for when you draft those guys and maybe like the fourth round to not give up um ridley on another one you gave up ridley russ and warren you got nico when i first looked at that trade 
There was like a sticker thought, shock to it. Yeah, yeah, there was a little bit of a sticker shock because I was thinking like, wow, Calvin Ridley, he was worth like a late first earlier this year. I've seen Russell Wilson go for a late first. Warren was like an early two. Now, like none, those guys collectively, I think I said they were like, what, it like four twos? All right, four twos for Nico. And when you think about the value change of Nico over the last like three months, it's kind of crazy because like now if you t- tell me like four twos for Devonte Smith, I'm like, yes, smash, accept. But then I think, okay, Nico, I have Nico Devonte like same tier. Like, yeah, this is a smash accept. Like, so when you said it's kind of like a value grab, I wasn't really like processing it. But when you really think about it, yeah, I mean, Ridley, Russ, and Jalen Warren for Nico, yeah, it's a value grab. So, so this is a perfect example that I uh, guess that we've had on Jacob Sanderson, David Plout, a lot of other guys have said, uh, they're like, yes, I would pay a first for this guy, but no, I don't want to use a first. I want to use a first-round pick and value of players on my team. This is a perfect example of that where, like, uh, Russell Wilson, Calvin Ridley, Jalen Warren combined value is over a first-round pick, but no one's giving up a first-round pick for one of those three players. So, like like Brian said, consolidate them, turn them into a player that people would pay over a first for Nico. Uh, I like it a lot. I'll uh, I'll get one of my big trades out of the way, uh, biggest trade of the week here. I gave away Javante Williams, Josh Downs, Tank Dell, Zay Flowers, Rasheed Rice, and a 25 <laughs> fourth. And I got Bajan Robinson, DK Metcalf, and George Kittle. So I'll say one more time, the five players I gave up, Javante Williams, Josh Downs, Dell, Flowers, Rice, and I got back Bajan, DK, and Kittle. I I I told you off air, but I I love this trade for you. Uh, we don't we, we don't always see eye to eye, but that was definitely one where I was like, okay, yeah, Matt took the W there, no matter build. So, yeah, uh, it's the type of trade that I don't love making. Where Downs, Dell, Flowers, Rice. I mean, those are four rookie wide receivers that we've been talking about all year. That have flashed like a decent amount of talent and upside. So you never know how these uh, deals can end up looking like a year from now, but yeah, overall pretty happy with it. Matt, why don't you, um, since we're talking about a trade that you just made, why don't you tell us who your buy or sell of the week is? Let's transition right into that. My buy of the week is someone who was my bull of the week about a month back or so. It's Wondell Robinson on the Giants uh, watching the Giants Packers game last night. And he he just uh, same reason I made him my bowl of the week about a month ago. When you watch the Giants, he pops off the screen. He makes big plays. He can make contested catches. He, his yak ability is awesome. It's on par with guys like Zay Flowers, who has ranked way higher than him. So like Zay Flowers is a perfect example, right? I think Wondell Robinson and Zay Flowers are very similar talents. You could probably get Wondell. Or, yeah, you could probably get Wandell in a late first for Zay Zay Flowers. So that's why I'm trying to buy Wandell right now. Um, What's your buy or sell of the week, Brian? Yeah, so I have one buy and one sell. I think Raheem Raheem Mosert, um, I I feel like people are definitely disrespecting him a little bit in what the season he's putting up um, with HN coming back. So I think you could probably get him for a two, assuming your deadline is not – already come and uh i would sell rasheed rice for a 25 or 26 one so it might be a team that you 
that, that thinks that they're late and they're trying to get one more piece that they don't really care about their pick. And maybe that team all of a sudden is a little bit older, decrepit, and they start, maybe it's a middle 25 one come, you know, this time next year. So that's, those are the two moves that I'm trying to make. And rice, you're pretty much holding out for first. Um, Are you looking at selling rice for any like, combo of picks or players or, or you're just gunning for that first round pick which i would hold the mother i would hold them otherwise i'm looking for a future future first that it's like i i think he's i don't i don't love him as much as everyone else does i think he's kind of um big play uh reliant and touchdown reliant a little bit at the moment but you know i could be wrong but that's why i would want that type of potential value gain to sell him otherwise i'm holding yeah it's odd all right, so I've hit some te- technical difficulties, but we're back and rolling here. So um, my buy of the week, and I'm thinking more towards getting to the end of the season, so maybe your trade deadline's passed, and you're thinking, man, I'm probably not making any trades for a while. I'm going to be trying to buy these really old guys that I gave my manifestation to earlier. So like the guys that nobody wants in their teams anymore, like an Eckler or a Travis Kelsey, I can get them for in like the two, like a two and a third range for Eckler, a couple twos for Kelsey. I'm trying to make that type of move like as soon as the season is over. All right. So um, Matt is buying Wandale Robinson. Brian is buying Moster and selling Rasheed Rice. I'm buying all the old guys like Cooper Cup, Austin Eckler, Travis Kelsey. If you think it's gross, Keep pushing forward and go, and go for it. So uh, we appreciate you joining the Dynasty Market Watch episode. We're at one point one three. Are we a fourteen team league or are we a twelve? I think so. League? Yeah, yeah. All right, we're a fourteen team league, so we're hitting to the one point one three Dynasty Market Watch. Thanks for joining us. Um, give us a rate. It would really help us out. Currently, like I say, we've got six right now, and I think my mom, or my mom, might have been on there. My sister, like I've, I've got like all my family members. So maybe we should, uh, we could, we can um, branch out a little bit. So for Matt, for Brian, I'm Todd. Thanks for joining. Sam Hauser is a sniper. <laughs> Imagine every